Hey team, this is Grant David Collins and welcome to Basement Philanthropy, a place for people who do not want to wait until they're rich or retired to create meaning, impact, and connection with their time, talents, and money, regardless of the amount. On this episode, we're going to be talking about the benefits of not being an ostrich. So let's get started. When I was first getting into personal giving, I had this really unique opportunity to talk to someone who was very seasoned in the charity space. For me, it was honestly something that was a bit of a fanboy moment because this woman had been a part of establishing some of the giving programs that had inspired me in some ways to get involved with this space, especially when it came to the corporate side of the giving spectrum. Now, during this call, our conversation took what I thought at the time was a fairly unexpected turn towards the need to find hope in tragedy. Surprisingly, she spent a good amount of time on our call coaching me around this topic. And while I was grateful for her time that day, in some ways I was left a little bit confused about the shift in our conversation. Now, I was fairly naive at the time when it came to the emotional toll that giving and charity can take. You know, I had been around different experiences and and questions about inequities in the world, but I, I doubted whether I would actually need her help in the short term future. But all this started to shift as I began to get outside the quote unquote theory of giving and into the real challenges that were in my community. I can still remember the first time I served face-to-face with people in need at a local food bank, or when I delivered my first bed to children that didn't have a safe or warm place to sleep. And the reason why I can still remember these experiences is because I came home and I just sat down and rested. Not, not because I was exhausted from the work, but just emotionally, I just had to take a break because I, I had never really been exposed um, to this type of, of need before in my life. And while these experiences are, are fairly mild compared to the global poverty and hardship faced by millions of people every single day, emotionally and, and slowly these real-life experiences began to make me spiral. And you wouldn't know it, but I've been on this roller coaster of emotion for almost the last six months or so. One day I'll be feeling so hopeful and confident in my ability to affect change on the world and make it just a little bit better And the next day, I'll be plunged into questioning whether anything I will ever do will be enough. And the craziest part about all this is that I really had no idea that I was on this spiraling ride in the first place until the happy side of my personality just stopped showing up. And 
these why questions. Why am I so lucky? Why do I have so much opportunity? Why, when, when my life is so good, are, are there millions of people who are not? And the only difference is the fact that I was born somewhere like the United States of America. And those are the, the questions that kept on slamming into me during the, this period. And, and I kept fixating on these things. And soon enough, I, I felt like I wanted to just stick my head in the sand like an ostrich as the saying goes. And as I've thought more about this experience, I've started to realize why this was happening. You see, all of us, including myself, regardless of our life circumstances or regardless of where we live or even are born, we grow up in some sort of bubble. And this bubble is made up of things um, like our upbringing or our as-lived experience or circumstances and our perceptions and stereotypes about the world around us. And this bubble has a lot of purposes, but one of the main ones is to protect us and normalize what is happening in our day-to-day lives. It's why when you move somewhere new, it kind of feels really uncomfortable at the beginning, but then over time, things tend to level out. Now, real empathetic giving is so emotionally challenging because it requires us to get outside of this bubble and begin to see the world around us without the protection that that bubble provides. And it's a choice that each of us has to make whether we are going to engage or not in the work of giving once we are exposed to what is outside of the bubble. But if we choose to run and hide, we really can't have that big of an impact. And if we choose to move forward, like it's going to be a bit of a bumpy ride. And recently I I listened to an interview with Ryan Holiday, one of my favorite authors, and he was being interviewed by one of my favorite podcast hosts, Guy Raz. And, And in this interview, they talked a little bit about this subject And I'll link the interview below because it was just a a fantastic uh, interaction between the two. But, But the part that stuck out to me the most was when the conversation turned to a debate that happened in ancient Rome between two factions of philosophers, the Epicureans and the Stoics. For all of its glory, Rome was still a pretty crappy place to be in during the Roman Empire. And the Stoics and Epicureans epitomized two different ways of approaching this challenge. The Epicureans believed in this concept of leaving the world and troubles behind to dwell in pristine gardens, while the Stoics believed in building that same garden within themselves so they could stay and impact the world around them instead of hiding from it like the Epicureans did. So much of the time, People that are in first world countries like the United States are Epicureans only because we are literally born into a garden. 
in, in many ways, we don't have to actually seek it out. It is our everyday experience of life. So if we want to be like the Stoics and not hide from the events that are unfolding in front of us and the inequities and challenges that we are facing, not only do we have to develop a garden within, we have to literally walk outside the garden gates to face the smelly, noisy, problem-filled world, perhaps for the first time in our lives. And I've realized that this is one of the aspects of giving that makes doing it well a skill. It's not just the mechanics and the skill of organization and, and measuring our impact that is needed, but it is the conditioning of the mind to not get overloaded and, and focus instead on steady, progressive steps towards being part of building a better world for those in need that is part of the skill set, a huge part of the skill set of giving. Giving as a skill is, is just as much about endurance and perspective as it is about organization and charity. So as I've been thinking through all of this, I, I've tried to frame it up in an analogy or, or think of a way to present it that's a little bit more easy to relate to. And one thing that seemed to make sense was to compare the exposure to challenge and hardship to skiing on a mountain. Now, if you're not familiar with winter sports, at every mountain resort, there are different ratings associated with the runs that you can take down the hill. The, the higher the rating, the higher the exposure to danger and potential injury. And you have to build yourself up to harder and harder runs so that you don't end up getting taken out by injury or in some extreme cases die because of avalanches. And that's how it is with giving. It's best if we all start on the bunny hill of giving with our eyes towards greater runs that await us in the future than just taking the gondola up to the tallest, highest peak and hoping that we're going to end up on top. I also really like this skiing analogy because it gives room for everyone on the mountain. I think that sometimes, and, and I am guilty of this more than anybody I know because you know I know myself better than probably anyone, um, it's really easy to sit on the chairlift going up to the harder runs and look down on the people that are skiing on the lower parts of the mountain and feel a little bit better than them or, or feel like you have your life together a little bit more, that you're doing better with your life. And, and this type of, of judgment, this type of um, egotism really does not have a, a strong place in giving. And, and actually, it is really counterproductive to the good that we want to create in this world. You know, some people just want to hit the green runs, which are the easiest on the mountain, and that's perfectly fine. And as I think of my role in this space, it's really about getting people to the mountain 
and then helping them level up their skill to take on whatever runs they dream of regardless of the rating. Now, it's fairly straightforward how to level up your skiing ability. But when it comes to giving, it might be a little bit more nebulous or a little bit more complex. So let me suggest a simple framework that we can use to start to gauge where we should land in our giving um, that is associated with this analogy of skiing. Now, in skiing, there are three main ratings on a mountain. Like I said, the, the lowest is the green circle. Then there is the blue square. And finally, the black diamond. Now, in our example, green circles can start to represent low-stake giving experiences that are usually one-time personal opportunities like writing a gratitude letter, donating to a food pantry, or a one-time monetary donation to a nonprofit that you are connected to. You should probably participate in this type of giving if you don't have a lot of experience or if it's been a while since you've been involved. Now, the blue squares are the next, and these represent more medium-stake giving opportunities that are more consistent and more emotionally exposing. They can also involve you coordinating within your sphere of influence or, or helping other people get involved because this tends to add a lot of complexity to your giving. Now, some examples can include helping families within your community that are caring for someone who is disabled or working with international aid organizations or participating in your local boys and girls club. You should get involved with this type of giving or this rating if you've been consistently getting involved with green circle giving and you are looking for opportunities to invest more consistently. Last but certainly not least, there are black diamond giving opportunities. Now, black diamonds are the most challenging because they involve high stake, high commitment giving that usually involves some sort of training and a lot of investment in time, money, or emotion. And sometimes it's all three of them combined. Examples of this type of giving could include working to support abuse victims or helping host refugee families, becoming a volunteer fighter fighter or paramedic. These are all giving experiences that are a lot more challenging and require a lot more commitment to do this well. And something that is unique about Black Diamond ratings is that the rating can increase to double or triple Black Diamond. It just doesn't stop at, at, at single Black. And these higher Diamond experiences are, are things where you may start to want to work professionally in the giving space or join a nonprofit board so that you are more invested in what is happening. As you can see, as, as the ratings go up, the stakes increase and the commitment increases, and there's not a, a good or bad associated with either one. It just really depends on your skill and your capacity. For those of you who have ever worked your way up from the bunny hill, 
you'll know that it takes a lot of landing on your butt and sore knees to improve on the slopes. I don't know if anyone forgets their first day um, or how they feel the day after when they get involved in the mountains. But but giving is, is no different. There There's a price to pay for us to be a part of these life-altering experiences. And I've personally been learning a lot about my personal giving capacity, and I'm currently working to stay within my personal skill range. And my, my hope is that one day I'll be able to myself ride the higher rated runs, but, but I know it's going to take a lot of patience and skill development to be able to do so. I'd like to close off this podcast by extending the same invitation that my seasoned giving friend did to me a few years ago. If any of you are experiencing some of the overwhelm that I described earlier in this podcast, please reach out to me. Uh, There's a reason why I start every single episode of this podcast with the phrase, hey team. Like, I really want you to feel like, like you're a part of a team as you're getting involved with this space because it can feel very lonely and, and very emotionally taxing at time. And we don't really have a lot of uh, places in our lives that prepare us to be involved with this type of work. And so it's, it's nice to have people to reach out to. And, and so I want to be one of those people that, that has your back. And so if you need to reach out, please direct message me on LinkedIn, Grant David Collins, or through my email, grant at basementphilanthropy.com. Well, team, that's it for me. Let's go out in the world and create good with our time, talents, and money, regardless of the amount together and not bury our head in the sand or get crushed by an avalanche because we tried to go too big too fast. Talk soon.